Ephesians 5, chapter 5, verse 6, the Apostle Paul wrote to the church of Ephesus something about, man, what did they say, living in the light now? We're living in the light now. Man, we're having a good time. I, I, will, I will just go ahead and tell you what I'm preaching about right now, but I'll, I'll say it like this. I'm so glad I could see you all today. There makes a big difference when I can see you. I mean, literally. I'm so thankful that I did not hear a lot of noise in a dark room. I'm so thankful that we're people of the light. I'm so thankful you weren't ashamed to dance and shout while everybody looking at you. I'm so thankful the lights are on full power this morning in the house. I, I just, I like the church lights on. That's just me. And I know it's a weird topic, but it has to do with what we just did. There's something special that happens when we gather and we can see each other, giving God praise. It's a different atmosphere. We are a people that do not hide. We are a people that are not ashamed of the gospel. We're a people that want to do it out loud on the street corners. We are not a, we're not a hiding people. The church has been quiet long enough, hiding in our churches. We've got to get the lights turned up, and we've got to reveal we're the light of the world. We're a city set on a hill that everybody can see us. I want people to see us and hear us and watch us. And so when I talk about how I like the church lights literally on, it's just a symbol that I like for us to be exposed. I like for our praise to be loud. I like for everybody to know how we think about God. We're not afraid of who we are. We're not ashamed of who we are. I don't want to be afraid. I don't want to hide in the dark. I don't want to dance across this place afraid the camera might catch me. And my friends might get me out there and find out that I'm crazy for Jesus. I want them to know about how I feel about God. They tell everything they think. I want to tell them what I think. They express their feelings about what they believe. I'm going to express mine. You think there is no God? Watch me shout for him. You don't think he's real? Watch me praise him. Watch my life get better. Watch me have joy. I'm not going to hide. I'm not going to be quiet. We're not going to be a scared church. We're not going to be a dark church. We're going to be loud. We're going to be out front. We're going to be we're going to show the world the goodness of God. I like the church lights on. Everybody say he likes the church lights on. Ephesians 5 and 6. You, you might not agree with me. Maybe in the end you will. I really don't care. That's not my point. My point is I want us to praise God around each other and not be afraid because it does something to the atmosphere when we get together and we begin to praise God. It does something to the atmosphere like we feel right now. All right, Paul said, verse 6, Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them, those disobedient. For you were once darkness. You were once a people that hid all the time. You were once a people of the dark. But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Expose. Somebody say expose. Get it out in the light, y'all. Enough hiding. If you're struggling, struggle in the day. If you're struggling, struggle in front of everybody. 
People don't know what you're going through because you hide. Let's get, let's get the light shining. Don't be afraid of the light. Let's expose what we're dealing with. Verse 12, for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. We don't operate like that. Enough secrets. Enough of all that. We're sick of seeing that in our media all the time. Everybody hiding. Everybody trying to cover up everything all the time. That's not who we are. That's not who we are. But all things, verse 13, that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep. It's easy to sleep in the dark. It's hard to fall asleep in the light. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Verse 17, therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. is a New Testament church, then we're doing New Testament things. This is biblical we did today. This is, this is the Apostle Paul talking to the church, telling us, do not be a people of dark, be a people of light. And then he says, go sing songs together. You, you just can't make this stuff up. Y'all, I, I, I didn't even know it had that context when the Lord took me there. Had a feeling in my heart that I should go study this and the and this Psalms part, and then I looked for context. And when I looked for context, I found out the context was not even about that, it was about people of the light. The Lord's trying to say something to us. We're supposed to speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Some of what we do is for each other. Some of what we do is just for Him. But it all happens when we're together. Two things happen when you gather together in the light. We encourage each other and we bless the Lord. That's what He's talking about. Look at verse 20. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ submitting to one another in the fear of God. God wants us together. God wants us not to hide from each other. Y'all hearing me? God does not want us to hide from each other. He wants us around each other. He wants the body of Christ connected, not disconnected. He wants us to get up in here, pack this building out, and shout and give him praise and look each other in the eye every now and then and say, he did it, he'll do it again, he's big, he's good, he's amazing. He wants us to get that spirit changed because you're surrounded by darkness everywhere you go. Everybody's talking trash and saying we don't believe. You need to come up in here, get around the brothers and sisters and begin to sing songs, hymns, and spiritual songs one to another. We're supposed to pull from each other's strength. Can't be quiet. That's why we have to keep the lights on. I'll get into that in a little bit. Everybody say in Jesus' name. You can be seated today. We're so glad you're here. I don't know what I'm getting myself into today. Talking about this. I don't want to waste your time with my little uh, candy stick problems with churches. So I won't spend a lot of time talking about 
the direction of churches and why they like dark sanctuaries. That's really not my point. But I have to use it to make a point. Why am I doing this today when I've felt this way for quite a while? I'm doing this today because of the timing of recent events. Um, I recently, we recently had a, a family um, tell me that, uh, and I don't want to mention who they are, but I'll keep it private, but uh, they, they might could tell you later, but I had a family over the last couple months that came to our, our church and they told me that one of the main reasons why I wanted to come to AFC is because I could tell on the camera when I watched the service that you didn't turn all your lights off in the sanctuary like all the other Pentecostals church in the area. And I don't know if that if they said like all the other. I'm just I know a lot of them these days are turning off their lights in the sanctuary. The point of context, in case I misquote that, is that we don't want to go to a church where the lights are turned down. We want to go to a church, personally, this was their preference, where the lights were turned up. And uh, this gentleman told me that, um, that he has experience being on uh, ships, experience in the Navy, and there was a time when people were worshiping or wanting to have worship time out there on the ship in the middle of the ocean, and um, one of the groups was a satanic worshiping group, and they have to let them worship because it's a religion, and so they requested their worship time, and the, uh, the, the, what they asked for in order to worship was they asked to be able to go to the deck of the ship at nighttime. And uh, this gentleman told me that I just kind of like, I just think there's something about worshiping God with the lights on. And that was a personal reference, and I, I understand that, I get it, and it spoke to me. Just another angle. And then just this weekend, we had a great group of people. Uh, they came and they rented our church for a, uh, a spiritual event to have a, a conference. And it sounded like they had a great time. And um, they had, man, they had great music. They had loud preaching. It sounded like, it sounded like church like we have church. It sounded like it. Um, the only difference was is that they had completely just killed the lights in the sanctuary from, from what I saw. I don't know if they turned them on later, but I don't think they did. And they brought their own stuff, and they set up stage lights up here, and they had a little glow, and they created a nice ambiance, and it's typical. It's what a lot of groups do these days, and they, they wanted lights down here. And um, I, I'm just going to tell you the truth right now. If you don't believe in this, that's fine. But I'm telling you, you can sense the Spirit of God when people begin to praise and worship. And you cannot sense the Spirit of God. And being that we currently live here right now, I'm telling you of a truth. My wife and I will testify. We did not feel the power of God in this room. I'm talking about it sounded good. It was loud. The music and the singers were incredible, singers and music. It was amazing. But there was just something about the group and maybe their belief systems or, or whatever. I don't know a lot about their belief systems. I know they're a lot like us. But I did not feel what I'm used to feeling. I'm not saying God did not move. I'm not saying God did not move according to their faith. I'm saying what I'm used to, I did not sense that in this atmosphere. And the lights were completely off. So this is the reason why I'm dealing with it, because the timing I feel is so key. I feel like God wants us to deal with this because there's an underlying root here that God wants us to be open and not hiding and praising together 
and God will move in our midst like he never will move in any other way. And that's what I feel today to talk about. So let me just get into it, get past the part about the dark churches. Um, So churches are getting darker, literally. The lights are shining less and less on those in the congregation. Um, I will say to to the benefit of the doubt that a lot of cameras these days, whenever they focus in and optimize for stage lighting, a lot of the sanctuaries are a little brighter than they seem on your uh, computer because as the, this stage is dark, is lighter than out here, the camera will try to adjust its lens to pull, adjust down the iris like your pupil to let in less light so it doesn't look super overexposed. That's a good word, exposed, camera word. But it does that because it doesn't want it to be way too uh, dark on the other side. So it has to adjust the lens. When it does the, the, the closing of the lens on the camera, it makes everything else in the frame darker. So the sanctuary on camera will always look a little darker than the stage because of the amount of lumens we have up here is super bright. That by comparison, it seems like a lot of churches have gone to all dark sanctuaries. Uh, but the truth is, is they do have some light. You've got to be able to see some. But there, it, there has been a trend of, of churches, Christian churches, turning down their sanctuary lights, and they've done it on purpose. They're not doing it to save money because they make up more than enough for the power on the stage lighting system. So it's not for that. They're doing it for a reason. There is a purpose behind the darkness, and it is a tool that they are attempting to use to enhance the worship experience. Now, my opinion is it makes it worse, not better. Not saying I can't do it. I just personally feel that it does not enhance the worship experience. I think it does cater to the flesh, whereas the flesh wants to hide and not be seen in the church because if people see me crying, well, I'll get embarrassed. Bless our hearts. If people see me shouting or dancing or they see my reaction whenever the pastor says don't commit adultery and they see my face go, when the lights are all off, you can't see my reaction. So we like naturally in the flesh to be in darkness. So I, I know why they turn the lights down. Let me just talk about my, my history because I think it'll, it'll make more sense. I can be more balanced today. I grew up in church. How many of y'all grew up going to church? I grew up in church. I was like six of y'all. And we, the six of us, seven, we grew up in church. And when I would grow up in church, they would have these things called prayer rooms. And they were rooms where people would pray. You guessed it. And they were special rooms off on the side. And they were always real small compared to the church size. I thought it was interesting because the pastor would say, I want everybody in the prayer room. And I'm like, we can't fit. But anyway, we'll talk about that another day. So a small prayer room we had, and we would be open for prayer. And the purpose was so that you didn't have to come up here and here and shout and do all the stuff in front of the, everybody. You could go have a private place to pray. And, and every time I would go to any church prayer room anywhere, the lights would be dim. I mean, I remember that. That's normal, right? That's customary. Even churches that have the brightest lights in the sanctuary, they would have a dim prayer room. Why would they have a dim prayer room? Prayer meetings were darker Because our leaders wanted us to feel comfortable having personal moments surrounded by other praying members of the church. 
the purpose of that darker room was to create more of a closet-style prayer that the Bible tells us is a massive part of our walk with God. Because it was an awkward thing, it was communal, but it was individual at the very same time, they would tell us to all go in one room together, and then they would turn the lights out so we couldn't see each other. So the goal then was not to see each other. We didn't want to get in anybody's bubble. The goal was to hear each other. So that's where I grew up on. I grew up where the prayer room was an amazing, powerful place, and I, could, I felt like I had my own space because I felt like people couldn't see everything I was doing. So I could really get channeled in prayer, and I could pray, and it felt like I was almost in my own prayer closet, but yet I could hear other people praying. And that's what we grew up on with the prayer room. And the reason why we do these things and not just leave lights on and pray is because people can be intimidating. People can be judgmental. People can listen in on your conversation with Jesus. When you're like, Lord, I'm so sorry that I took my wife's money out of her purse and bought a new rifle. Lord, forgive me for doing that. And your wife's like, excuse me? Can you back off? This is between me and Jesus. Turn the lights out, okay? You know, what we need in church is not lights down, earplugs. That's what we need in church. It's like people can hear you in the dark. Yeah. So people can be intimidating. And the whole purpose of trying to, to create an atmosphere in church is we're trying to create an individual walk with God in a communal setting. And that is, that is not very productive. There is a time for you to be by yourself with God. The Bible teaches very clearly there is a time for us to get alone where and nobody can hear you and you can repent about stealing money from your wife's purse even though the Bible also says confess. It also says leave your gift at the altar and go fix it before you come back to worship. Man, there's a lot of light we need, don't we? It's just sad how we've got this dark attitude. You can't do anything in the kingdom right in the dark. I'll say that for another day. But the concept is that some connections to Jesus are more personal than others. Prayer is typically a more personal and private event that you have got to learn to have your own prayer life. With nobody around, Jesus would oftentimes go alone and he would pray all by himself without anybody else around. Notice even the teachings of Jesus Christ in Matthew 6 and 5. And when you pray, New King James Version, you shall not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. Trying to have a personal moment with God. But yet turning that intimate moment with God into your own glory. There are religious people that they only pray when other people are looking. And Jesus calls that hypocritical. Because they're not really wanting to have an individual personal moment with Jesus. They're wanting to get the power of being spiritual. And use it against others. It's way too quiet right now. Surely y'all pray at home. You should be saying amen then. If you're guilty, that's fine. Let's pray through it in a service. But right now, you can preach with me. 
So he said uh, they love to they love to be seen praying. Because mostly, prayer is something that we do independently with God, and it's not for anybody else. That's a part of prayer. But look what it says, verse 6, he said, this is Jesus talking, he said, but when you pray, go into your room, and when you've shut your door, I think the King James Version says closet, a little place where you dedicate to prayer, a safe place where it's just you, and shut the door, everybody say shut the door, pray to your father who is in secret. Now, now this is the only reason you ever get to go hide in the dark. It's because you're going to spend alone time with just you and your God. The only time it's okay to go get alone and be spiritual is when you need to go get alone and let your Father feed you. Later on, he says, this is how you pray. Don't pray like, like your will be done. Pray his will be done. Pray, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us. He said, when you go and you shut the door and you begin to pray, you pray, God, let your will be done. Just me and you, God. I don't need anybody else in this room. I need me and you to get things right. Uh, this is personal. This is what i got to have every day. You've got to have that every single day. You've got to learn how to go get by yourself, uh, turn off all the choir atmosphere, and just talk to God. In fact, turn the music off. Music distracts you. Turn it all off. If you want to keep your Bible there, keep your Bible there. So God can use you to go to the Word. But there is a time and a place for us getting alone, and the Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. People should not just see our prayers openly. They should see our rewards openly. So Jesus taught that we are to get alone where nobody else needs to be there, your husband, your wife, and your kids. You get alone with just God because incredible things can happen when you get by yourself with God. Did you know that? Incredible things can happen when you get alone with God. I'm talking to people right now, I can already tell you don't get alone with God, and that's why you're struggling your faith right now because you refuse to invest personal time with God. The church has become your God. The choir has become your God. The instruments have become your God. The only access you've had to God is through other people's praise. That is not the fullness of your walk with God. That is not everything. That's only a part of it. God wants us to spend time with him all by ourselves, alone. Shut the door and get a hold of God. Grab a hold of God and say, I'm not coming out of this closet. I'm not coming out of this room until I touch you, until I talk to you, until you talk to me. I want to know who you are. I'm sick of believing everybody else's praise reports. I want to get my own answers. I want to get my own miracles. I want to know who you are on a personal individual level so that you can use me openly i want to have a walk with you secretly that's why our worship team and our musicians we encourage them to take this seriously and have a walk with god privately and when we find out one of our worship team members is not living right privately we get them out of public ministry and that is right to do that I don't care if it hurts your feelings. You need to repent and get right, and then you can come back up here. 
because we won't get rid of you and we won't judge you, but we will tell you you need to get right with God and quit trying to hurt the service. You need to get right with God and then come on back. We believe in restoration. We believe in repentance. I don't care what you've done. You can get right and you can be used again. So it's important that we have a secret place with God. Jesus' name. Man, you can, you can tell. You can tell when people don't have a secret place with God. Because there's nothing happening, op- there's nothing happening openly. There's nothing happening openly. Nothing's happening in public. Jesus, Lord, help us. You're trying to work publicly to get something done. Stop it. Go private. Go get in your prayer closet. Get your word out. God God will reward you out in public on this platform, on those musicians' stands. God will reward you in your classrooms, teaching and ministering and doing Bible studies if you will find a walk with him individually. God, help us to walk with him individually. Whether anybody else prays at AFC, I'm going to pray at AFC. Whether all of y'all quit church, I'm going to do what's right. I don't need anybody else to serve the Lord. For me to serve the Lord. You gotta have that first before you get up in here. Jesus, that's that that's why churches don't have open worship. Because they don't have private de- dedication. If you can't do it all by yourself at home, you sure are gonna be intimidated by everybody in the church house. Staring at you. Incredible things happen when we get alone with God. You can say whatever you want when you're by yourself. Isn't it nice? I don't even like pastor. Lord, make him better. If you mean it, he will. If you don't, something's going to happen to you. He will. My marriage, my this, my money, you can't you can't say that to their faces. But you can talk to your heavenly Father. Oh, I'm trying to talk somebody into getting a walk with God the day by yourself. You can say whatever goes through your mind. Your God understands your pain. He's been there. He's been hurt. He's been damaged. He's been abused. He's walked in your shoes. He knows what's happening. You can get alone with him, and you can say whatever you want without curious ears trying to hear you. Hey, a lot of our problems are between us and God, nobody else. Y'all hear me today? Don't tune me out. I'm digging the day in the Holy Ghost. This is what you need to hear today. A lot of our problems don't need to be talked to with brothers and sisters. We need to go to prayer and talk to our Father. Don't don't you do a thing. Get your spirit right, and then you go. Get your spirit right. Get in your closet. Get alone, and get right with God. I'm going to talk more about spirits manifesting later. I might do a series on the spirits, but... But, man, right now, I just feel like we've got to get in alone with our Father. When we're alone with God, we can confess our hearts to our Father, and we not confuse our brothers. That's what I'm saying when I'm saying there's some things you don't need to tell people. I just don't like their attitude. They could have had a bad day. Don't go tell them that. Don't cause a wedge between each other. Talk to your Father. He'll tell you what's going on. When you pray about your issues with Him, He'll give you supernatural insight to things happening, and He will calm you down. He'll be like, I can't believe that brother did that. He'll be like, they're having a bad day. Go chill out. You've had them too. Thank you, Father. And then you can go back to church and you can worship again. I love getting alone with God because I don't have to worry about being intimidated by people who don't like me in church. 
intimidated by people who judge me or you think they're judging you, you think they're looking at you. We've got to get over all that. But I like going alone, my father, because I don't have to worry about intimidation. I can just be myself. Furthermore, one of the greatest parts about being alone, the reason why Jesus did it, is because when you're alone, there's only one person to be ministered to, and that's just you. Wow. You see, when you're alone, all fingers point to you. That's why you don't like being alone. Because the only voice talking is God, and the only one receiving it is you. You can't dish it off to your husband or your spouse or your wife or to the other reasons around you. You've got to deal with you. But also, more than that, when you're alone in prayer, you have no one to pour into, so you don't have to be spent in prayer. You can just be blessed in prayer. So step one, yes, it's okay for us to go get in our prayer closet, shut the door, but only because we're going to walk with God. The second thing that we do with prayer is there are corporate prayer meetings that are actually in the Bible. Specific needs are prayed for in unity, and this is biblical. Notice what happened in Acts chapter 4. Peter and John were arrested for preaching Jesus right after the church had started. They healed a man, and the local religious people were very angry. They were they were released, but told to stop and threatened. And look what they did after they were released from basically religious jail for doing what was right in the day they were in. You might want to take notes in case this happens to you next month. Acts 4.24. So when they heard that, they, they came back and reported to the, the church family. And they said, look, we just got arrested because we preached Jesus. Uh, look what happened after they reported this. Uh, so when they heard that, uh, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said in one accord, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. Together, I say together. They raised their voice together and began to give praises to God. They said, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? And they began to, in unity, begin to quote David together. I think that's beautiful. You know, the people, the Jews, would memorize the Word of God. And the reason why they're able to speak the same thing in unison when they prayed is because they memorized the same thing in the Scriptures when they were growing up powerful right there it's like how could they have spoken that together because you can finish each other's sentences i had to catch myself on that one i don't watch disney anymore but i still have some disney in me deep god's trying to get it out that's from an old disney song but whenever you have the same god moving in you it's amazing how i can start i can start quoting a scripture in the beginning god we can all say it together and I can just quote a scripture and you'll finish my scripture. And that's what's happening here. They all got together, began to praise God, but they praised God in unity. And they began to quote the same references from the word of God. And they got synced together. And they began to do it together as one mighty choir. By the way, there was no choir. It was everybody saying the same thing. It was no platform in the first church. There was no group that was more spiritual than the others. It was everybody in that congregation joined together in corporate prayer and praise. Verse 29, now, Lord, look on their threats. Grant to your servants that, all, that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, look what the Bible says in verse 31, that the place was shaken. 
place was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. Ladies and gentlemen, youth, children, this is not your prayer closet. This is not the place you come to hide. This is not the place you come to whisper secret things to Jesus. This is not your personal, private prayer meeting. You came in here to this community of believers called the church, and when you walked in those doors, you came to be exposed. You came to shout the same thing I'm shouting. You came to pray the same thing I'm praying. You didn't come up in here to do your own thing. You didn't come up in here to say your own scriptures. You came up here to unify with the other brothers and sisters of the church and sing praises and hymns and spiritual songs one to another it's amazing what we can do when we gather together in one mind and one accord we can shake the foundations of the building we're praying in when we get in sync and get in unity we can shake things together i don't see a bunch of hangers around here see a bunch of well i do see danny jewels but i don't i don't see him hanging up this is not your prayer closet. Tell your neighbor it's not your prayer closet. This is not our prayer closet. No, I don't see that. You know what I see? I see a bunch of Jesus' name baptized, Holy Ghost-filled believers who came in this place to pray collectively, not individually. You didn't come here to have your own prayer meeting. You came here to watch what God will do when the believers gather together in one place and one accord. You came to experience a rushing, mighty wind. You came to watch fire fall on each of them as they began to speak in other tongues. You came here to see something happen. Praise God. We'll shout a little bit more in a minute. Let me get through this. I, I like a lot of the modern day upgrades in the church. Thank God for stage lighting. I like the more light on the stage versus the less light. There was a day among churches where it was a sin if you shine more light on the stage. I don't understand that principle. Why is more light bad? And so we added more light to, to our stage, and that created more light in our church, and nobody backslid because I like the fact that you can see me when I'm up here preaching. Does anybody, would anybody rather turn the lights out and be dark on the platform or turn them up or brighter? I'm pretty sure we are thankful for stage lights because stage lights let you see what's happening up here much more clearly. So... I like some of the upgrades of the modern-day church. You know, we're assuming that if we let you on the platform, that you have a praise on your lips, though, and a dance in your feet, because we didn't turn these lights on to see somebody not do anything. We didn't get it all bright up here for our praise and worship team to just be, be half-hearted praising. I'm so thankful every now and then Omar can't help but twirl. That's why I came by cord and microphones. Omar's the reason why we can't buy cord and microphones to save about $900. This guy's got to go up here and do the twirly-whirly every time he comes to church. But I'm so glad he does that. we got to have wireless mics in our church. 
Thank God for men that can dance like David danced, that we can't have corded microphones. That's why we put the lights in. I want to see somebody with a praise on their lips and a shout and a dance for God. That's why we came here. We didn't come to be quiet. We didn't come to be still. We came here to testify of the goodness of Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to see people up here shouting, turn them up brighter. I want to see our, our musicians up here. I want to see you make those faces, guitar peoples. That's Holy Ghost face right there is what that is. Don't you do that at the bar and don't do it in church, you hear me? The same face for Jesus that you made over there traveling was easy top. You better make sure you're doing the same face. You better get the same face for the Lord. I want to see the emotion. I want to see the tears on your face when you play the piano. I want to see the worship of God. That's why I came in here. That's why I came to church. You see, I might be struggling. I might be having a faith issue. But when I see the goodness of God on the platform, I know that God has been good to somebody else. Turn the lights up. Y'all, I like the words to our, our songs and scriptures on the, on the wall. I like this. I like you knowing the title and not forgetting it. I like the fact that if I want to put up a group of missionary kids in Africa, we can put it up here on the wall. I like some of the modern-day features that we have in the church. I don't think that they're bad. I think they have function, and they have purpose, and they don't distract, but they bless, and they assist, and they help. I like the color coordination. I don't want to distract from God. I'm not going to put a pink plant here and a green one there and a yellow one over there. I don't want to distract from God's move. I, don't, I want color coordination. I want things to try to fit. I want them to flow. I have no problem with that. I know I, God is a God of order. I have no problem with churches investing money into things that are helping. But I don't like. Everybody say, uh-oh. Move your feet. Move your feet, Brother D.C. Get them in. Hurry. Get them under the pew. I'm walking down your aisle. Well, for you, it's a little, a little hard to do because you're in the front row. But what I don't like, all right, I don't like theatrics don't like trained praise dancers who were taught in the back classroom during their institution of their class how to do it to get the crowd moving because that's fake worship that's not from your heart it's not a river flowing on the inside coming out it's outside in worship it's old testament worship it's not moved by god it's not anointed by god i want you to learn it in a prayer room not in a in a in a room where you have training on Our worshipers learn how to praise God in a prayer room, not in a class, learning how to lift up hands to get the church to move. I hope you share this video to everybody. It's not going to be very popular with my brothers after this one. Well, some of them, I'll become more popular with some and less popular with others. It just depends on who they are. I don't like smoke, fog machines. Y'all, I, I have a personal thing about this. The Old Testament says that the, the Shekinah glory used to fall on the house, and it would be like a cloud. 
It'd be like a cloud descending on the church on the on the Old Testament time. It would be like God would, would show up like a cloud. I do not want to replicate the move of God with a smoke cloud. I do not want to hit a button that cost me thirty dollars and, and replicate a cloud. I want to know that if I sense something in the room, it is God. I want to feel something and see something and it be God. Not something I spent my money on, not something I created. I want the worship to create the atmosphere. Not the atmosphere to create the worship. I just don't like it. And the reason they do it is because they're trying to highlight the lasers and the, and the lights. Because you can see light when there's smoke. Oh, my. Huh. <laughs> you can see the light when there's smoke. You can see the movement of light. It's hard to see light without smoke, and that's why God probably would, would descend and begin to move in the atmosphere. But they do that smoke because they want you to be able to see all the money they spend on the lights and the lasers. I just, I just don't, I don't like that. But let me tell you why I don't like it. I don't like that. Because all of those things have the ability to move me. If I was not in church and I went to someone's concert down the road, no anointing of God would be there. But when I walk in the room and they begin to hit the drums, they create an atmosphere with that beat. And the dancers come out and start dancing and I start to feel something. And then all of a sudden the lights begin to sync up and order and they began to create a show for me. And a part of me says, I like what I feel, but God's a million miles away. Y'all, I don't like it because I do like it. Y'all think I'm just trying to be some old-fashioned preacher. No, I am a young man. I'm a modern man. I don't like it because it contends with my God. I don't like it because it fights against my God. I don't like it because a part of me does like it. I got to get rid of some stuff because they appeal to my flesh. There are some things I do not want to make me wonder if it's God or man. Those things that get me in the mood. Why would I have to pray? They take me there. Why would I have to live right? They take me there. Why would I have to write right heart? I don't have to have a right heart because those things take me there. They can make me feel like something special is happening in the atmosphere. But here's the problem with all the extras in the church. You can feel like something's moving. And not even know if God is moving. I'm going to tell you what happens when you strip all that stuff away. When you feel something moving. There's only one thing left that could be moving. It sure is not because we dance pretty. 
It sure is not because we invest in money on lasers and lights and disco balls. But when you feel something happening and all we're doing is praising, you can rest assured right there that must be the power of God. That must be the presence of God. If you feel something you can't explain in the atmosphere and there's nothing happening besides the praises of God's people, then you've got to know that God has stepped down in that church and he is pleased with your praises. Strip away all the crutches so we can see if we can walk. You know, they really put it with our young people. I, I am sad to say that North American Youth Congress, where the officials of the United Pentecostal Church International are in charge, put laser shows for our youth on a national scale. Where 30,000 plus of our teens can't just walk up in there and praise God without us having to add all of that in. Our young people are not hungry for the world. They want to have a sovereign move of the Holy Ghost. And half of them don't know the difference until you strip it all away. I want our young people to know the difference in God moving and the machines moving. It's coming a day where you won't get to have your, your instruments anymore. You won't get to have your big meetings anymore. There's coming a day where you can't create your own atmosphere. You're going to have to do it in prayer meetings and small groups, and you better learn how to give God a praise with just 10 of y'all without all the instruments and the sound and the music because we won't always get to have all of that. Oh, God, don't let us become addicted to the move of atmosphere. Help us love you, just you, just you. A little more before we, we get together and we finish this thing up. When I come to church and I start to, to pray and to praise God, I want to know the difference between a move of God and a move of man. And we've got to be careful. We must be careful of a fake move of God, of an Egyptian atmosphere that is produced by smoke and mirrors. This is 100% biblical, y'all. When you have the real thing, you don't need illusions and magicians. Exodus 7 and 9, when Pharaoh speaks to you saying, show a miracle for yourselves, then you shall say to Aaron, Aaron, Egypt's trying to act like they have the miraculous. Take your rod and throw it down before Pharaoh, the Egyptian king, and let the rod become a serpent. So Moses and Aaron went into Pharaoh, and they did so, just as the Lord commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh to prove that God works in the miraculous, and before all the servants of Pharaoh. And it became, it turned in from a stick to a serpent. It was a miracle. It was amazing. It was powerful. But look what Pharaoh did. Pharaoh also, verse 11, called the wise men and the sorcerers, and so the magicians of Egypt came. And they also did in like manner with their enchantments. For every man threw down his rod, and they became serpents. But Aaron's 
but Aaron's rod swallowed up, but Aaron's rod overpowered, but Aaron's rod defeated. The magician said, oh, yeah, we can do the miraculous just like you. Watch this. Poof. Wow. Cool trick. Until Aaron's rod overpowered the magician's rod. The Egyptian rods may have the look, but God's rods have the authority. Oh, God, help us. Help us have the authority and not just the look. I don't want to just look like I've got power. I want to have power. I don't want to walk in this place and do a trick for you. I don't want to put on a show for you. I want to have real power in the Holy Ghost, chain-breaking power, raising the dead power, blinded eyes opened up power, the lame can walk power. I don't just want to create an atmosphere that looks like it's godly. I want the effects and the fruit of the power of God. I don't want the look of good church. I want the effects of good church. At Luke 19, a large gathering of Jesus' disciples were giving him praise. They were saying, we love you, Jesus. You're amazing, Jesus. And a bunch of religious men called out and said, you stop them right now from doing that. They ought not be praising you, Jesus. But look what happened in Luke 19 and 40. But Jesus answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, and the King James says quiet, the stones would immediately begin to cry out. The Lord spoke to me and said, inanimate objects will begin to take the place of the praisers when the praisers get silent. Yeah, when the praisers get quiet, man-made things, un un -god unhuman things, machines, rocks, things from the earth will begin to cry out and give praise to God, but not here at AFC. Ain't no rock going to take my place. Ain't no rock. Ain't no smoke going to take my place. Ain't no light going to take my place. We don't need any of that here. We don't. If we need that here, we need to go on a seven-day fast and find our truth again. If we need those machines to create a move of God, something's wrong with me. I am the catalyst of a move of God. I'm the praiser. I'm the one that gives God praise. No machine is going to cry out to God for me. We won't be needing a smoke machine around Austin First Church. Let's just go ahead and use all that hundreds of thousands of dollars they spend on that stuff on a bus to pick people up for church. I refuse to let a bunch of man-made objects and tools escort me into the presence of God when it's supposed to be my own sacrifice that I bring. I'm almost done. So listen, the, the root of the problem is not necessarily the addition of the theater tactics that 
humanistic men are trying to add into their churches, but rather it's the lack of public praise. Churches would not feel the need to fabricate a move of God if they had a genuine move of God. There is no substitute for blind eyes being opened, for chains falling off. There is no substitute for a real move of God. If we have a real move of God where God's doing real things in this place that are manifesting and happening, you won't have to do one more thing, spend money on one more thing, one more program. That alone will do all of the work for you. But I get why we as church leaders are struggling these days. Listen to me very closely. It's cheaper to spend $200,000 on a club atmosphere in my church than to actually have to lead my members into a lifestyle of holiness that pleases God. Oh, trust me, the temptation has crossed my mind. How could I pay a cheaper price to have revival? The devil whispers and says, are you sure you want to go down the road of prayer and sacrifice? Why don't you just go ahead and call up a guy from the road down the road who has a mega church and copy their model? Because all that costs is money. Listen to me. It is cheaper to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on machines, tools, and programs than for me to go on a seven-day fast until something breaks in the church. But we have to pay the price for revival. And that is not money. That is dedication. That is commitment and sacrifice. There's days I thank God we haven't had a billionaire give us $100 million. I don't even want the temptation some days. I want God to grow this thing with his spirit. I want God to grow this thing because he's changed lives. Without all the extras of the world, I want testimonies to fuel this thing, praise to fuel this thing, miracles to fuel this thing. I almost put my notes, y'all. almost put it in there, and I had to delete it. This is not a show. But I felt the check. Don't say right yet. I felt the check in my spirit. I almost put it in there. I said, this is not a show. And the Lord said, yeah, it is. So what are you talking about? He said, go, go look, 1 Peter 2 and 9. Y'all ready? You're a chosen generation. This is the King James Version. Royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You're a peculiar people. That you should show forth the praise of him. This is a show. But it's not about you, and it's not about me. It's all about him. I literally came in this house today to put on a show, 
to show forth the praises of him who's called me out of darkness into this marvelous light. Watch me praise him. Watch me dance. Watch me shout. I want to put on a show. Hallelujah. You can stay standing if you're standing. Join us a little bit if you're not. The Greek word here for show forth praises, that phrase, that phrase, Brother Hugh, is one word. In the Greek, it's exangelo, and it's only used one time right here. This word means to publish. Just the other day, I had Sister Cheyenne take the notes from New Steps, and I said, can you clean these up and edit these? These are some personal notes that I have. I'd like to make them for everybody else. She said, I can publish them for you if you want. And all of a sudden, I begin to understand what that word really means. When you publish something, you take something that is private, and you expose it before all. We are literally called to publish our praise and to take what God is doing inside of us in our private lives and put them on display for everybody around us to see and to hear. And God will begin to move when we publish our praises. Hallelujah. Oh, God. We are living epistles, read and known among all men. We are books that people can open and they can read. We are meant to be exposed. We are meant to be loud. We are meant to dance without fear. We are meant to publish what God is doing privately. We should not be quiet. Praise God. Hallelujah. Technically, I like the lights on during worship services and preaching because God wants us to display our private feelings about him in public settings. David made a fool of himself, raising God before all the people. He was the king. A man after God's own heart. And he made a fool of himself. Because when you praise God the right way, you get nothing out of it. If I, if I wasn't trying to keep my head on my shoulders because of a neck injury, I'd be looking like a broken giraffe up in here running around this place. I'd be shouting. I'd be doing what Omar does. I'd do all I can without trying to make my spine snap. But you know what? My praise shouldn't be pretty because it's not about me. I'm not a praise dancer for you. I'm a praise dancer for him. David's wife said, sit down, king. You ought to be a king and shut up. He said, honey, you ain't seen nothing yet. I can praise God much more than what you've seen. the lights on. 
I want you to see me when I praise him. I want you to watch me. I want you to watch me. I'm not afraid to give God a praise. I'm not afraid to let my tears flow. I'm not afraid to shout and dance and magnify the Lord. because they're ready just a second a couple more things all right and then we're going to praise him and you're going to testify i'm going to talk about testimonies in a minute but first i'm the pastor of church and my job is to watch for the souls how can i watch you in a dark church you need to come up in this church when you're having a bad day have your pity party and let somebody help pray you through Don't you come up in here and try to hide. You're defeating the purpose of church. When you walk up in here, you're free game, and the doors are there, there, and there. And if you don't really want to get help, you better go right now because this church is all about helping people. So let's keep the lights on because I need to see when you're struggling, and you need to show when you're struggling. Thank you for not really getting with it if you have a problem. But don't just sit back. Let somebody help you. Lastly, when we were growing up, Sister Branham, we had them things every now and then, testimony services. You know about those? Y'all ever have those in your church? People think that the younger generation doesn't believe in that. They think we don't do it anymore. Well, we do it. We just do it a little different. We do a little different now. We, sometimes it got carried away, and people would go on about how the devil beat him up all week long, and that ain't a testimony. That's a, that's a defeat report is what that is, not a victory report. We do a little different. But let me tell you something. Every time you lift up your voice, every time you, you throw your hands in the air, every time people five feet around you hear you say, Thank you, Jesus! You have become a testimony to the goodness of Jesus. The problem is we want the microphone. But you got people standing right beside you that they don't know anything about your walk with God until you begin to give God a praise where they hear your lips begin to say it, they watch your feet begin to dance it, and you begin to shout and give God praise, and you look like a fool, and you look funny, but they know that God must have been pretty good for you to act like that. Hey, hey, listen, I don't have to know all about Omar's story to look at him praise God and know that he used to drink he used to do some drugs he used to not have a good life i can watch him praise and i know there's a story behind that man so if you need faith today keep your eyes open we used to say get your eyes on jesus 
I've got a spirit. You can watch me if you want. Get your eyes on Jesus. I've got a spirit. I'm the body of Christ. You're the body of Christ. If you need faith today and you're wondering if you're going to make it through your storm, watch these people who have been through hell and high waters shout. Watch these people who've been through pain and suffering and damage. You listen to them as they shout. You watch them as they praise. And you watch God begin to move through the sanctuary. Watch a cloud begin to fall as God's presence begins to fill the house. And God begins to bless. And God begins to move. And the Holy Ghost begins to move. Are you ready to praise Him? Are you ready to praise Him today? You may have to say, here, hold my baby. You may have to say, hey, hold on. Let me get my shoes off. I'm about to give God a praise. Go ahead and take the bubby pins out right now so we don't lose our eye. Whatever you got to do, we're here. we've come to give God some praise today. All right, here we're here. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. Here. If you ain't ready, watch somebody else. Watch somebody else. They don't care. They're not doing it for you anyway. But if you feel like you're not going to make it, you need some joy and some peace and some power today, just watch and listen. Go get beside somebody. And watch how good God has been flow through somebody's praises. And you watch what happens to you. You're going to want to join in. You're going to want to start to pray. You're going to feel like getting involved in the service because faith will rise. The power of God will start to move. God will prick your hearts and you'll receive a miracle. You'll receive freedom today. You can receive the Holy Ghost today. All because we're lifting up Jesus. Let's go in Jesus' name. Let's shout. Let's praise.